everybody. Episode 173. And if you're joining us live on YouTube right now, there are five of us up on screen at the same <laughs> time. And that means my good friends, Nick, Evan, my brother, Josh, and Ben are here all at the same time. We're excited about this. Guys, uh, just a general, yes, you're doing well, everybody. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cold and snowy in the sure northeast. Am. There you go. See, I wasn't lying. I am here with everybody. Episode 173. Hot, humid in the southeast. You're down the southeast. You're missing all the snow. We have a big one lined up for you. This is the first official crew, all of us together. Evan, welcome back. We'll talk to you a little bit later about what you have going on. We have Eagle McMahon lined up to tell us what's been going on this offseason and the big news that was announced today. But before we get to that, I want to say thank you to our sponsor for this episode, Disc Golf 97. Eight. We love 978. And before you tune out, Eagle has a, uh, I, I, it's a disc. Does anybody know the full name of this disc? I feel like MVP does fairly long names with their disc. It's called... Envy? <laughs> no. It is the, um, the Axiom Prism Proton Envy Team Series. There you go. Now, Disc Golf 978 has a pre-order that is live at the link in our in our video description. Now, the cool part about this is if you place an order using our code, we love 978. And this is true for anybody post or live, but it might sell out, okay? It might sell out. So that's all there is to that. But if you use the code we love 978 when you purchase that disc specifically, every disc purchased with that code is $5 of a donation to the charity of Eagles Choice tonight. And we're going to let them know that when we bring them in. So if just quick math, if we do 100 with that code tonight at the link in our description, that would be $500 donated to the charity of Eagles Choice. And let's take it even further. This is what 978's all about. Shop all your disc golf needs at 978. We love them, for real. Also, if you are local, New England local, and you're near the shop, or you just want to make a trip there, they're really cool people, and the store is amazing, they have a lost and found. Now, how many people have had to use a lost and found at some place somewhere, and then, great. But how many times have you had a disc show up in a lost and found, and you're like, it never, they never contacted me. Well, they contact everybody. And then guess what? If you don't get your disc after being contacted about it for 90 days, then they make a boatload off of you. No, I'm kidding. Here's, here's why 978 is cool. They don't make a penny off of that. What they do is any unclaimed disc either go to a like school to intro kids to disc golf or any disc that they do sell off the lost and found goes to directly to charity. So for a week, this week specifically, including the, the Envy disc sales for Eagles disc here, $5 per disc, they're also going to do any sales of the lost and found this week go into this same donation to charity of Eagles Choice. So check out Disc Golf 978. They're incredible. Things like this make us love them. This is what they're all about. We couldn't say enough good. Thank you, 978. All right, guys. It is the new year. Uh, you're all here. And interesting there was a crew out in des moines minus 17 degrees was the actual thermometer wind chill was minus 45 degrees this is week number 652 that they have played on sunday 652 Sheesh. weeks without missing one and they weren't going to let the cold hold them up for this one um, what's the coldest you've ever played in? Anybody here beat beat that minus forty five no. wind chill? No, no, <laughs> no. I mean, I've been chance. sub free. I've been sub freezing, which means minus or under thirty two degrees Fahrenheit. Um, 
did all their discs like just like shatter on any impact like that? Is that a good I don't know. But we watched the Chiefs game the other night, right? And Patrick Mahomes yeah, helmet. helmet. Yeah. So, I mean, cold times. Uh, I think it's interesting. Disc golf is not held back by any weather. I played in a team challenge that was not very cold, but extremely in between. You know how we play the game, which would you rather like wind, rain or snow? Mm-hmm. Every single one was present at the same time in my last tournament round. So oh. it was incredible. <laughs> So there you go. All right, guys. Uh, I think we're pretty much ready to jump right into it. So let's do it. Let's welcome to the show Eagle McMahon. Uh, I think we got cool music. Here we go. Boom. Whoa, that was quick and easy. Let's go. <laughs> let's go to the interview with Eagle here. Eagle, um, welcome to the show, man. How are you doing? How am I doing? I'm doing fantastic. Feels uh, pretty surreal right now to be looking at myself in public, or I mean, in public on the internet yeah. with an MVP with an MVP shirt on, which is I never thought it was going to happen, but here I am. Here you are. Congratulations on that, man. A lot goes into these decisions, and we're going to actually hopefully talk about some of that for sure. Um, so can we start there? Like how long ago did these talks start taking place? We know you've thrown some of Simon's discs in the past and you guys are friends. And uh, when he moved, you said we're still friends. But like how long ago did this these talks start taking place? I think I saw something mentioned, maybe USDGC, but that's speculation. What When did this start happening? Right. So as some, of, some people may know, I... This is my contract year, or 2023 was. So I signed a three-year deal with Dismania, and I knew at the start of the year that uh, there was going to be some rumblings, uh, which as as time goes on, like at the start of the year, I didn't think I really was leaving Dismania, to be completely honest. But as things progressed on, um, I work with uh, an agency, and... After we were contemplating when we want to start reaching out to some manufacturers, uh, but generally speaking, after Worlds is when uh, my agent reached out to potential uh, places for me to land. And MVP was one of the places that I was interested in. Uh, of course, I had uh, I had uh, some great connections at the company with Simon. I was always... Every time I stayed with Simon throughout the year, I would go through his bag and feel some of the discs and be like, wow, that actually feels pretty good. So it's definitely uh, a place that I had in the back of my mind, but it wasn't until uh, the latter part of the 2023 season where things started uh, really taking shape. Can I ask uh, in follow up to that? And you're not the agency itself, of course, but are there NDAs as part of this? Like, do you say, hey, like, make sure nobody knows I'm inquiring or is that something they do? Do you know about that? I feel like there's some NDAs. I I don't know exactly. So I have to be a little bit careful what I say. But (laughs) generally speaking, like... uh, surface level stuff is all all good yeah because i'm just thinking like ooh, and i would imagine like a company like discraft or mvp or like they don't want to tarnish their name by being like hey guess who inquired today but i find that interesting that you're reaching out and they're reaching out and it's all kept a secret we'll ask that question a little bit later um so what was your initial response so now mvp 
gets back with some information. They're interested. You're interested. What is your initial response? Like, how did you say like, Hey, how do we proceed? Like, did you start talking numbers immediately? What do you have to offer me? Like, like what was your initial response? Yeah. So, you know, first off, I want to just put this out there that I really saw a future with MVP. Obviously the crush boys getting back together. That was a big driving motive, but I just really liked where MVP is. Uh, Obviously, they've had a massive blow up over the last few years, but still, I feel like they're not the biggest brand. And I think there's so much room for growth. And after throwing Gyro, that I, it's so unique. And I'll put it out there. I thought it was a bit of a gimmick to start off, but after testing it out, I absolutely love the discs. So first and foremost, I want to say that I wanted to go to MVP because I really believed in what they're doing. And it's such a unique uh, concept within disc golf that just makes scientifically makes sense. And I really think it, they're the innovators. They're, they're the future of disc golf. I feel like a lot of brands are kind of kicking themselves for not getting a patent on gyro technology because I think it really is the future. Can you say what the other part of the question was? Because I, I went off on a tangent. No, it was just generally, so you, you like them, but the conversation was continuing because MVP reached back to your agency and probably let you know. What was your next thought of like, hey, agent, um, like what's the next question? Or did you say like, hey, like what are they offering or what do they want to do for me? Like, is that how the conversation progresses? Is that the next step or what, what else might have happened? Right. So, you know, first and foremost is seeing the interest is there and then it's refining, making we, me and my agent, we put together what uh, we were looking for and uh, we were pitching it to different companies. And MVP was one of those companies that were willing to go the distance and they saw that, okay, we, we have this awesome team and we can, uh, we can get the crush boys back together. We can, uh, support this player because of how well we've done. And uh, just the fact that they showed as much interest to me, it made me show equal amount of interest to them. Right. And so it continued on with MVP, but part of me thinks that this is pretty normal. Your agent reached out to others. How far did other companies get with this? Um, did you continue for a while with other companies and just decide that it wasn't going to work out? Uh, what did that look like? Right. We had, a, we had a lot of talks with um, a few different companies. I'm not going to name names, but uh, you know, that some of the talks got pretty far. Um, essentially, it's just a lot of back and forth, a lot of emails, but uh, closer to, say, late October, November, that's when we started to really narrow down where we wanted to be. And uh, MVP came out on top for a bunch of different reasons. And I just feel like the future is extremely bright with MVP, uh, with their technology, with their team and where they are in disc golf. I just thought for the next five years at the very least, it's uh, it's a no brainer. Did um, one of the manufacturers names rhyme with Winova? <laughs> uh, we, were, we were doing a lot of speculation and I was keen on that for a little bit there. And it's, it sounds interesting that you did have other, I'll say suitors, if you will. And uh, you got quite a distance, it sounded like with some of them, but you landed with MVP. Hey, thanks for your time. I'm going to pass it over to Josh now. 
Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. So, Eagle, I actually want to follow up with Disc was Discmania one of those manufacturers that were in the mix? You talk about your agency going after Worlds and starting to engage. Uh, I assume you were still considering Discmania as part of the potential staying with them? Of course. Yes. I I was at Discmania for nine years and I thought I was always going to be at Discmania. It it Discmania felt like it became synonymous with uh with my name. And if you were to ask me at the start of the year, I would probably have said, very good chance I'm going to end up back at Dismania. Um, and I still have the utmost respect for Dismania. I had an amazing departure there. I was able to go up to the warehouse. I gave everyone a hug. And like I, I absolutely love those guys. There's literally no bad blood between us. Um, but I think what... Simon said last year rings true for me. It's just something so new, something so different. There's a, I don't want to call it a dark side of the disc golf tour, but it's a side that people don't really see. It's when you're out on the road and you're doing the same thing over and over again, when, when you've been to Emporia, Kansas, like 15 times in your life, it, you want stuff to change up your, your tour change up your day-to-day habits and new discs do that going to play different courses with new discs just sounded so appealing to me and that is probably the number one driving factor in my interest of going to a new manufacturer i just wanted to really switch it up and try out a different product because i'm a i'm a total disc nerd and MVP has an insanely big lineup that I'm absolutely loving getting to become more familiar with. And I think moving forward, it's a spark that I really wanted nine years into my perf- or touring disc golf career. Yeah, it's crazy, right? I mean, you grew up over those nine years. It's been fun watching uh, the professional scene. And like you said, synonymous with Discmania. Um, I can understand changing and getting fresh something new that in and of itself is some value. I imagine changing and refreshing and doing something new also has some economic benefits to it as well. So Eagle, the only thing that I've least obviously seen uh, related to the deal was that it was a five-year contract. Is there any other aspects of the deal um, that you're planning to share, able to share, whether it be incentives, dollar amounts, anything else, uh, merchandise, discs, lines? Um, is there anything else that's public or you're willing to share with us? We're all wanting to know. Yeah, um, I I think this is where the NDAs come into, uh, into consideration. So I will have to keep most things confidential at this point, but I, I can happily say for the next five years, I'm very well taken care of. And uh, the incentives that I have with with the company are definitely very motivating for me to continue to do what I do, do it even better and uh, push harder than I have before. All right. So kind of expected that, but I like, I just want to press a little further, not to break an NDA. That is not what I'm pressing for. Um, But is like, is that decision um, mutual between you and the company? Is the company the one driving that in this case, MVP? Is it the agents uh, agency? Um, is there any perspective on why we would keep that uh, quiet? And if you have to say, you can't answer, I understand. Um, yeah, I, I think I can elaborate on it. Uh, I think it's a mutual agreement for 
all parties involved. Um, I, I would say I don't follow too many other sports, but along the lines of say Tiger Woods with Nike or I mean, he left Nike, but <laughs> I, I just was, I'm confused because there's a lot of speculation how public contracts should be a thing. And I don't know this for sure, but I don't assume that a lot of endorsement deals with, um, Adidas, Nike are disclosed to the public. I could be wrong, but that's from my perspective. Yeah, no, because I think, I think you're we're right. Oper- yeah. We're operating in a weird spot in disc golf where, yep. where like a team kind of has to have their, their uh, finances out in the public, but also the team is not necessarily selling certain product of the player. So it's, yeah. it's, it's a weird balancing act. I can see both sides of it, but as of right now, uh, just for the parties involved, we came to the conclusion that it was best if we uh, keep it confidential. Yeah, no, I understand. I mean, it's kind of funny because like you said, it's a little bit, we're stuck in the middle. I think it depends if there's a purpose to make it public, then it maybe answers itself. Um, if not, I agree. Like if I get a new job, it would be pretty mm-hmm. awkward if somebody asks me first thing, like, hey, what are you getting paid? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, like, what business is it of, of yours? So thank you for bearing with me on that question. Of course. In the disc golf world, we all have our expectations. But Eagle did um, say, he did say it was a deal that if he passed up, it'd be doing himself injustice. So it, it had to be pretty sweet. And he says you'll be happy so, for five years. Yeah. So I, so Eagle, I want to press just a little bit differently. So not on, on pay or whatnot, but there's multiple facets of a sponsorship deal to consider. You actually talked about some of them. Some of it is like a fresh start, a new change, throwing some new discs, obviously economic being taken care of. Um, but I'm curious, like how you, maybe this is more like your agency. You said you actually prepared a plan. You had some things that you were looking for, at least a range of considerations. Um, I'm sure you've got base comp, bonus potential, but then things like future potential, which is more of a bet. Like you saying like long-term, what's the opportunity? What's the long-term vision? Even things like you have your own personal brand, which obviously needs to in my opinion, live on beyond whatever sponsorship you have. So I'm curious, um, was that part of your analysis? Um, I feel like the old school, like, you know, over a decade ago, disc golf, it was just about like the dollars that you can keep me on tour. And now I think there's a much bigger picture. Um, and I'm curious, did you consider a wide range of things beyond salary? Yes, this is a great question. And uh, people coming up in the ranks of disc golf, take notes. Um, I would say it's, there's a, there's definitely an equation to it because obviously I'm not going to beat around the bush. The financial compensation is huge because I need to go out and tour and I have a mortgage and things need to get taken care of. So that's, that's of course a important element. But that said, you have to like the people that you're working with. You have to believe in the product and, with MVP, I had the, the fortune of visit, visiting them uh, up in Michigan, seeing their operation, meeting the owners, uh, meeting everybody who works at the company. I can honestly say they're really great people and they're going to allow me to be myself. And I feel like that's something that you can't really put a price tag on. Feeling comfortable and making sure you find yourself in the right place early on can really set you set you up for success down the road. So that's, 
that's one aspect of it. Obviously, the discs, that's a major component. Um, and that goes hand in hand with believing in a company. If you don't believe in their discs, then I don't think you can have a really genuinely good relationship. And I did a lot of research with um, MVP before I put my uh, pen to the paper because I wanted to make sure that I was th using a product that I could fully get behind and endorse. And they checked that box for me. And then of course, future growth potential, making sure when you're writing a contract, you don't want to limit yourself. And with this five-year deal with MVP, there's so much growth potential for me. Um, what's, what's on paper is great, but if I go out and perform extremely well, they're going to want to take care of me and uh, create many different cool products and collaborations in the future. So it's multifaceted and when they all come together, that's when, uh, that's when you know that you have a, a really great partnership. So uh, this is kind of maybe my last question before we move on. Did things like your own personal branding, right? Obviously with your name, Eagle, it, it lends itself to some nice, you know, Eagle-oriented branding. Um, was there any, did you lose um, any particular branding or trademarks um, that we are familiar with you uh, that you have to leave with Discmania? Are you able to kind of bring that over? I think I've already seen some of that on the promotion from MVP, but just curious about you maintaining kind of that, your own personal brand as it meshes with MVP going forward. Right. So I get to keep my logo. Discmania didn't have any use for it moving forward. So they just said, <laughs> go for it, keep it, which uh, keeps it easy. I, I really like my logo. So that was, uh, that was very kind of them. Um, disc names like the cloud breaker, razor cloud rainmaker, that's all Discmania's creation and intellectual property. So they they'll do what they will with it. Um, so I'm not taking any of those things, but other, other than that, I wouldn't say that there's any, anything more than, um, my logo in terms of intellectual property that, uh, that, uh, Dismania is withholding. Awesome. That's great to hear. Well, I'm going to like hand it off, but I just want to say like, again, uh, I think because you've documented so much publicly Eagle, it's pretty interesting, meaning your earliest vlogs and kind of seeing how you as a, as a person, not just a disc golfer, I truly mean as a person, just, uh, like living life, publicly, whether you always wanted to or not. And I'm sure you've got lots of private aspects as well. But us seeing you go through some of the ups and downs, the challenges to win, the goofiness on the road, the friendships, um, then you know, winning, all these types of experiences you've had, um, it's been a pleasure to watch and it's fun to see you and others in similar situations get these opportunities. Um, it's a fun job to have where we get to interview people on some of their best days. Um, and so it's really fun to do that. So Nick, uh, I'm going to hand it off to you and let you uh, grill uh, Eagle with the actual <laughs> hard question. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Getting grilled. Love it. Well, first off, uh, big time congratulations uh, just signing and change of pace in life. What an incredible opportunity this is. Uh, I want to allude a little bit earlier. You were talking about how much you really loved the discs. And I know this is kind of a basic question, but what do you like about the discs and what kind of you know, clicked for you when trying out new ones? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, first and foremost, I, I really like that a lot of their discs offer more shallow options. Uh, I don't really like d deep discs in general. So uh, there's a bunch of discs out there that just don't really fit my hand well. Like I didn't really throw the P2 on Discmania because of how deep it was. Um, so the fact of the matter with MVP, they have a lot of amazing throwing putters, almost like hybrid between mid-range and uh, putter uh, style discs that 
I've been really wanting to have in my game. And I'm extremely excited to throw the envy, throw the Watt, throw, uh, I mean, they have so, they have so many options um, within that, that lineup. Um, and then also their, their discs are actually really overstable. They have some incredible options. Um, so like, for example, there's this disc called, it's out of production right now, but it's called the limit and it's a 14 and a half speed, just super overstable disc that I'm like extremely excited to, to throw. Um, and then a bunch of other like nine, 10 or nine, 11, 12 speed discs that are on the very overstable side of the spectrum. I would say going from, and this is, you know, a new change for you. Do you feel like you're missing anything so far? I know with Simon joining MVP, one of the things in his contract was the Simon line of discs. He came out with the time-lapse, uh, which was the speed 12 driver that it seemed like MVP was missing at the time. Now that that's out, do you feel like there's anything else in the lineup that you're like, ah, let's, let's work on this, or I think I can make do, but what, what do you feel like you're missing? There's really not too much. Uh, I brought a few discs to um, Chad, Brad and Chad up in uh, Michigan to get their get their uh, opinion on to see if they could recreate them, which uh, it is like a 10 speed driver. Um, they, they don't have that in their lineup yet. And then maybe a, this really blunt overstable approach disc. But th that being said, they have stuff that's extremely close to that. So one of my go-to discs was a first run PD on, on, on Dismania. And I really like the Wrath or Tesla, which are nine speeds that are basically the same slot. And then for that overstable approach disc, you have the Entropy, Pyro, Deflector, and Runway, which, I mean, there's four discs right there that could essentially fill that slot. So I don't think there's really any holes in my in the lineup right now. Like, I think we're going to try to optimize certain things, but generally speaking, I think I'm ready to go. Awesome. So we see MVP, Axiom, and Streamline all together kind of on the umbrella under one company. Are you allowed to throw all the manufacturers for them? Yes, yes. Okay. Um, I can throw the, those three. There's, um, there's a few brands that are made by MVP that I am not able to throw. Mm -hmm. um, but within those three companies, everything is uh, free game. Gotcha. I guess so we'll kind of go over into contracts a little bit. I know a lot of stuff is NDA'd and kind of hush-hush with this, but maybe you can kind of answer this question is, MVP made you an offer that you feel like, you know, wouldn't have been smart to not take it. Did that same offer or kind of same offer go to Discmania as well to say, hey, if you guys match this, maybe I'll stay? Or was it really just the change of scenery and change of pace that really led you going to MVP? It was definitely the latter. Um, a lot of the offers I had were very competitive. But what it came down to is what what did the future look like and what did what did I want to do? And with this MVP opportunity, I felt like it was the best way to spice everything up in my life. And uh, that, that's basically the reason I couldn't refuse it because wherever I went, I was going to be well, well taken care of. And I, I would have been happy anywhere else I went, but I felt like the pure ecstasy, the pure joy was at MVP. Oh, definitely. Uh, this will be my last question, then I'll send it off over to Ben. But there's a great saying in the world, and it's called buyer's remorse. How did you feel when you actually put the pen to paper and signed your name going to MVP? Was there any like 
oh my gosh, what did I just do? Like I spent nine years with this mania or was it just an overfilling amount of joy that really kind of settled in afterwards? And do you feel, do you feel any sort of weirdness? You're saying at the beginning of the show, like, Hey, it feels weird wearing MVP on the shirt right now. It feels incredible, but it feels weird at the same time. Is there any sort of like, you know, oh my gosh. Well, the, the way that everything progressed, I kind of knew I was going to be on the team late October, but I actually didn't put the pen to the paper until January. So there was just a lot of back and forth uh, legal stuff that was going between um, the company and lawyers just to optimize everything. So when I, when I signed the, the contract, I was like, okay, finally. <laughs> but uh, no, there, there's absolutely no, no remorse. Um, I went to Michigan, I guess it was around uh, a little over a week ago uh, to see their operation. And, and if, if there was any remorse after signing the contract, it got completely washed out because the whole operation up in Michigan, meeting everybody there, it was mind blowing. Their warehouse is absolutely massive. All their disc manufacturing is state of the art. And just seeing Brad and Chad, the two uh, brothers who own the company, work and see their passion for the sport, I immediately felt like it's the perfect place for me to be. And I, I couldn't be more grateful and excited to represent this year brand I, it's the second time i've done that <laughs> it's like the weather man good. you got to go back uh, it's, it's like which way am I? actually i i got one more question and this actually is in regards to one of the things that we've seen in the sport over the last couple of years is agencies joining in can you say who your agency is i think i can uh it, their feature card management mm -hmm. and, and then how uh, do you yeah, go ahead sorry yeah they they uh they work a lot with the paul mcbeth foundation okay and then how do you feel like the process went with having an agent versus before not having an agent. Right. So it just streamlines the, the process, no pun intended. Uh, but uh, yeah, they, it's hard to, it's hard to market yourself to other people and without coming across as what's the word I'm looking for when say like, it's just to go sell yourself saying I'm worth this just feels weird at least it does for me so the fact when you can have an agent do it for you that just makes the whole process a lot better and you're able to get what you're worth essentially because you're having an, someone advocate for all your accomplishments what you bring to the table rather than you just going out there to do it yourself and then of course um my agent is uh is an attorney as well so he understands a lot of the the legal language and going through the contracts to make sure that everything really is in my best interest moving forward just in case anything were to happen which there's a saying that uh that my agent was saying is like uh good contracts make good friends so that's like that's i think that's getting that sorted because there has been drama on the legal side of disc golf and if you can put that in uh, put that in the contract that's going to save you so much grief and strife in the in the future yeah for sure uh i'll send it on over to ben hello so speaking of streamline there's a lot of speculation when you're coming to mvp of people guessing they're saying james is mvp simon's axiom eagle streamline 
is that going to be the case or is it going to be kind of all around that you're going to be throwing a majority of everything? As of right now, there's, I'm going to be throwing some streamlined discs because they're actually really good, but there's no Eagle line, at least in the near future. I, I'm going to, I'm going to go on and say this. I had opportunities with other companies to have an Eagle line and I actually declined it because I want to focus on my game right now. And I feel like that just brings in a whole extra level of work, a whole extra level of responsibility that I definitely think I want one day, but right now I'm more than happy promoting James, promoting Simon, promoting MVP, because I still feel like I have a lot to prove. And like I said, I am, I'm very well taken care of. And if I can just be me for right now, I think that's, that's what I value first and foremost. Got it. Yeah. That that makes a lot of sense. Um, so like relationships wise, how, you know, Simon's seen as your on course, best friend, um, to the public eye, how important are those friendships to you when it comes to when you were looking at different companies and all that, was it, weighed higher or was it just like Simon being on the team is just a bonus? There's a Simon being on the team is definitely a bonus, but it, it, it was a big factor because the, the crazy thing today, I made my MVP post saying that I was on team MVP and it it's performed really well, but I posted me and Simon saying the boys are back in town and that performed even better. Wow. And that was posted afterwards. So like, I, that was definitely a notion in my head thinking if the crush boys reunite, that's, that kind of brings justice to the, the disc golf world and just outside looking at, if I was a fan, I'd want to see that. So that, that was important to me. Um, but you know, who's at the company definitely makes, makes a, a difference, even though ultimately we're, we're playing against ourselves. Like the, the notion of a team in disc golf is, kind of over overhyped and because there's no real team aspect of of disc golf we're all individuals but i think the people who are on your team are the people you work with the people you interact with and that does uh it does make a difference got it love it um yeah i think i have one more question and keeping it short and sweet you think you do intern ben I, I know I do. Okay. Um, so my biggest question is, you know, we're all us guys, we're in the media. Normally we find out every single deal before it's revealed. It's just how it is. We don't want to know because then we have to act like we don't know on our podcast, but it just comes out. Yours was the, ever since I've been in this call, the best kept secret I have ever seen. Um, can you give us some details on how was it like, you only told your family and no one else or NDAs or how is it the best kept secret ever? Cause no one knew where you're going other than a few people who were at MVP. Yeah. So from my perspective, while it was kept, I mean, there was so much speculation towards the end that it almost didn't feel like a secret, but it was speculation. So I guess that was the good part. Just really tried not to, to tell any, tell anyone. Uh, no one really knew. Uh, Simon knew, obviously, uh, my girlfriend and my dad. But other than that, I was really trying to keep it on the down low. And with the shoulder surgery, it really helped because I wasn't out on the course throwing throwing MVP discs. So 
I mean, I think a, a small number of people ended up finding out, but generally speaking, I tried to do my best to keep it under wraps. Um, but then the speculation kind of went hard and certain people asked me, Hey, are you making a move? You want to come on our podcast? And, uh, I had to say, not right now. I'm, I'm taking time for myself. So obviously there was a, is keeping silence was essentially saying everything. So it was stressful for me, but all things considered how it happened and how the, the general public didn't find out about it. I, I was pretty happy about. Yeah. So I guess I do have one more question. Sorry, Matt. Um, no, it wasn't me. <laughs> well, cause you said, is that it? I guess I do. Cause you uh, alluded to your, you know, your soul, your shoulder surgery. I was watching a live at the Dismania warehouse where you're saying you got up at 4am to do your physical therapy. Like, you're taking it very, very serious, which we love to see as fans of disc golf. We want to see you out there as soon as possible. Um, I guess take us through that process and how you're feeling now. And I guess maybe if you have a timetable to for return, that'd be incredible. Yeah, just all about all about the shoulder. Yeah, so it's coming along really well. Uh, I'm just about 12 weeks post-op, so right around three months. And right about... Next month is actually when I'm going to begin my return to throwing program, uh, which it makes I'm going to start out very slow, but everything's coming along really well. Uh, getting a lot of motion back in the arm, like I'm almost back to 180 degrees overhead, no pain. So I couldn't be more happy with how the the progress is going. And like you said, I'm I'm very diligent about doing all my exercises. I haven't skipped PT. Two, two exercise sessions every single day. I'm going to sauna, doing a bunch of different modalities, eating right, because I really want to, with this new contract and just in general, I want to get back out there and, and perform at a high level and hopefully at a higher level than I have been playing. So really excited. I'm hoping that my return is mid-April, which is, is right at the six-month mark, uh, which is what the doctor says is reasonable. And I think uh, Champions Cup is more or less my my return date. That's what I'm hoping for. Uh, maybe a little after, maybe before, but given that's a major, I think that would be a, a really great place to come back. But I am planning on playing the All-Star event next month, Left-handed. Oh maybe, maybe my I'm, goodness! Uh, oh, wait, very got, cool. Is that an exclusive? <laughs> Let's go. Where did I? Mike, sorry guys. No, you should still. We be still here. hear you. Okay, I have a weird setup on my. Uh, can my you hear mic. us? Is that an exclusive? I can hear you. Is that okay. an exclusive for the for staggered stance? You were playing lefty at the All Star Show. Uh, I've mentioned it here and there, <laughs> but I guess this is the 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 official. Official announcement. Love it. We we appreciate it. Here's the music for you. Hey, <laughs> Matt, awesome. did you have I, I was to just gonna have you elaborate just a little bit, and I know you mentioned NDA on contract details, but can you just tell us, like, did you bring it up? Like, hey, don't worry, MVP. Like, I'll be back in full form, or did you, did you leave the shoulder out of those conversations altogether? They're a very large part of the the conversations, and like, I I didn't want to tell them, Hey, you know, I'm getting a shoulder surgery. This is like risky business for you guys. They fully understood. They saw the potential and, uh, they believe in me. So that's absolutely incredible to have that support at 
kind of a scary part of your life to be to be honest um but how everything is coming along uh i couldn't be more happy and just the fact that they have my back just means so much to me all right cool ben wants to wrap it up before yeah. he passes it yeah before i pass it i do have one more. it just keeps coming to me um so what what happened with the early postage of the YouTube video announcing you were leaving? <laughs> Nobody knows. Oh my gosh. So it's been speculated, but you know, we want to get the official answer from you. This I can't believe it got out. So <laughs> so this is what happened. I was going to Michigan, so I wanted to shoot the video to have it ready because I was posting it on my way back home that Monday. So Obviously, I upload it to YouTube private. Everything's fine. And then I wanted to share it with Simon to get his opinion because he did this and I, I value his opinion. So I have to put it to unlisted for a period of time. When I upload a video, I always assign it to a playlist because I like to organize it. The playlist yep. was public. <laughs> So <laughs> when I took it off private to unlist it and send it to Simon, somehow like two or three people were able to see it, screen cap it, and there you go. Super fans. Yep. That, oh my goodness. And the sink I couldn't believe it. And the sinking feeling like was real, right? I mean that moment you're like, <laughs> Well, the the thing is I didn't think anything of it. Because like I saw I saw like the view count jump up like three, but I also was like <laughs> watching it a bunch of times. So I was like, okay, that's probably just that's probably just me. And then I remember getting some messages saying like, just drop the video, dude. And then one time, Simon, I think I think Grip Locked or somebody made a video saying that there was a video leak. I'm like, what happened? Did I get like hacked somehow? And then it took me a while to figure it out. I'm like oh okay the playlist was public so it was like uh, such a, a bogey on my part but the funniest thing like seeing how it progressed was no one believed the reddit guy right <laughs> they just thought that he was the, the little boy who cried wolf and then the funniest comment i saw after everything was like everybody needs to go apologize to that guy <laughs> they, they made him feel so bad that's awesome that that is true that is funny because i honestly thought too i'm like if he's right nobody believes him if he's wrong it's funny because he's anyways that's that's interesting evan let's throw it to you yep. first of all welcome back to the show evan it's been a while but go ahead and take it away all right well we mentioned a little bit on the uh the shoulder talk so i'm gonna keep it up just a little bit um you started mixing in forehands last year um you got to fully rehab and get back. But what is your plan uh, regarding forehand specifically? Uh, and are you going to set maybe a throw limit or a power limit to your throws? Yeah. So I probably wouldn't have got the surgery unless I wanted to get the forehand back because I, it wasn't last year, wasn't necessarily the season I was looking for per se, but I still am very proud of how I did. I was fifth in pro tour points, won two silver events and finished the year ranked one in the world on, on disc. So I obviously wasn't a slouch, but I just know what could be with the forehand. So this year it's going to be me testing the waters. I'm definitely going to rehab it and hope to have it back to a certain degree uh come come the majors but i don't i really don't want to rush it because this whole shoulder saga of instability i'm really sick of it so i want to make sure i rehab it right 
first. So first and foremost, you probably will see a game similar to what you saw me last year before I can really start gaining confidence. I'm going to really try to work on the lefty too, just as the lefty's always been my my backup plan for for that shot. And right now with the all-star event, new desk, it gives me a really good opportunity to go out to the practice field, try to get that dialed in to a certain degree. So I'd say in a perfect world, if I get my left-handed shots up to around 400, 450 feet consistently, at least the more open style, less technical shots, just uh, left to right shots, that'd be great. And then maybe more technical shots, I can bring the forehand back just to keep the pitch count low, just for overall longevity in, in disc golf. Well, love to hear it. Uh, thanks for partly uh, answering my next question, but I am going to dive into it a little bit more. Uh, you, you mentioned the two silver wins. You didn't have any major or elite wins, which was the first time since 2017 that's happened in a season for you. Although you did have a killer uh, middle to end of the season, um, since the uh, starting with the Pacific Northwest swing to the end of the year, uh, you only had one non-DNF finish outside the top 10, and that was an 11th place finish at the Tour Championship, an odd format, of course. You don't have mm-hmm. the chance to maybe work back into the top 10. Uh, you also finished top 10 specifically at every major of the year, and you're the only MPO player to do that at all four. Uh, so you alluded to a little bit, but, uh, I kind of want you to grade your season a little bit more on how you felt it was for an Eagle McMahon quality year. Yeah, I would say, uh, I'll give it like an A minus because I am, I am very proud of it because there's, there was multiple times throughout the year where things weren't where I wanted them to be, but I was very focused. I really, I knew it was my contract year. I really wanted to put some good finishes up there. And I, I, I feel like my season was a little bit slept on, honestly, like obviously not getting the elite series wins. And I was extremely close at a bunch of them. Like a final, I had a lot of final round chances that I wasn't able to capitalize, but still a lot of great finishes. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the year. A minus is probably the the grade I'll put on it. I I do think your season was slept on. I, I want to real quick before I uh, leave it off to the rest of the crew. Um, just, just going to say your, your uh, place at each event and it might be a little bit slow, but I, I really want to like emphasize it. Uh, I'm going to start with champions cup, a couple events in the season. It went second, second, you did have the 55th at OTB, but then first, fifth, DNF, fourth, 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 second, third, first, second, ninth, and then 11th. Uh, that is a killer season. Wow. Uh, and so I appreciate the insight into how you felt about it. Uh, and that's all I got. That'll do, my friends. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank, thank you for shining some light on it. I, I, I appreciate it. That's funny. We got this. Uh, audio keyed up for whenever Evan says something fantastic. It's that'll do my friends. That's something Evan. We <laughs> caught him on, on a vlog once doing that. So there you go. Hey, I I've asked a few people this, including other people who have made off season moves. Uh, I just want to see your opinion. Is this the biggest off season move Eagle you? No comment. All right. All right. That's, that's probably <laughs> that the most yes. polite thing yeah. to do. <laughs> I, I think we all agree. It is you. Um, how's your dad doing, Pat? He's in our chat sometimes. I put the bat signal out there in the chat. He didn't respond, so he's either ignoring us or he's not watching. But that's okay. How's he doing? I he's saw de- he's de- he's definitely watching right now. Oh, we called him out. There he's, you go. The, he's the, definitely watching. The chat loves him. How how did he, what does he think about this this um, move and sponsorship? Is he as excited as you? He 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 really is. 
when I started bringing MVP discs in the household, he he's not someone to really get excited about discs. Like when I was throwing Discmania, he of course he showed his support. He has some of my signature discs in the bag, but he's kind of like an old school disc golfer. He liked throwing rocks, firebirds, things along those lines. And he kept them in his bag for a long time. He has like a full gyro bag now and is beyond stoked. When we went up to the warehouse, like he picked out like two boxes full of discs and all he talks about is like what discs he's going to throw. So he's the most excited about discs I think I've ever seen him. So (laughs) uh, it's cool to have that kind of support and just like, we're, we're a complete gyro household now. My my dad, my girlfriend is on the team now. The MVP picked her up, which congratulations to her. She She's amazing, and she's going to be able to play a lot more tournaments this year. So it's uh, it just feels really good, and it, I, I just I just know that it's a really fun time ahead. Awesome. All right. Uh, there might be one or two more closing questions, but I don't want to forget this. Uh, our sponsor for the episode tonight, Disc Golf 978, uh, they are donating $5 per disc sale that are pre-sales on their website. Disc, oh, what he's holding in his hand. Is that like, that? that's the one they'd be buying on, not that one, but that mo- that mold, right? Yeah, okay. this is the, the, the Prism Proton Envy. This is actually the first time the Envy's ever been made in this specific plastic. Um, I had a Prism Proton Pyro from way back uh, when I first started getting disc or uh, MVP discs. I'm like, dang, that plastic is really pretty. So I talked to the team manager, Andrew, and I was like, let's make the Prism Proton Envy happen. And my goodness, is it beautiful. I'm very excited about it. And uh, yeah, Matt, what, what were you saying? So, about, uh, yeah, so the link is in the video description, or you can just head over to discgolf978.com any disc that is pre-sailed through them using the code, this has to be clear so they know it was here, we love 978 If you use that code and purchase that disc in the pre-sale, every single one, $5 Eagle from each sale is going to go to the charity of your choice. And let me add on to that. Um, they have a lost and found where at the end of 90 days, if no one has claimed it and they've reached out, they don't make a penny off of it. They usually either sell them for charity or donate them to a school, but any that are sold all sales this week at their local store will also go to the charity of your choice. So we will be reaching out to you uh, with 978's information after, but is there a charity that you'd like this donation to go to? Wow. Thank you, uh, Disc Golf 978. That's absolutely incredible. Thank you for for doing this. Like That's that's just amazing. Um, I got to pick Uplay. Uplay is always out there doing really great work, uh, bringing disc golf to, to schools and uh, children. Uh, Given the the next generation uh, a chance at at disc sports is uh, absolutely incredible. So, Gabby, you play. Awesome. Uh, that's that's fantastic. So I'll just say while supplies last, the presale is not unlimited here. The discs are very uh, uh, very collectible right now. So um, anybody have any closing questions here as we get ready to send Eagle on? I think you might have other interviews lined up for today, tomorrow, the next day. But we're happy you came on here. Anybody have any pressing questions you want to ask before he goes? You mentioned while supplies last, and Eagle, whether you know or not, I am curious on uh, what you can say or no. Uh, but there's lots of talks about MVP just they're selling so many discs that they don't have enough to supply uh, shops and and people selling discs. Um, 
how do you kind of expect this move going with them already selling every disc they can, then they add on you and your power to sell discs. Uh, are you like nervous for them? Like, uh, or you're, you're nervous. You're not gonna have enough discs. Of course you're not nervous. You signed and you're excited, but I'd love to, for you to shed some, shed some light on that. Excuse me. Right. Yeah. So first and foremost, I'd say that's a, it's the best problem to have possible. It just shows that discs are moving, but going to Michigan and seeing their operation, the amount they've scaled to meet demand is incredible. They built a, a new warehouse on top of their other warehouse to hold product. So even though there's their inventory is a little bit low right now, in February, I believe it's February, very soon, don't quote me on this, they're going to be restocking 11 of their molds. They're they're going to be cracking down on production. They they know what they need to do. So moving forward, I'm very confident that MVP will be able to meet the demand. Um, they're working on their pro shop. They're going to get that up and running, uh, hopefully in the next few months. And once that happens, I feel like MVP discs are going to be uh, a lot easier to come by and um, a lot easier to buy online. So I'm I'm really excited, and they're 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 getting their stuff together. They they know what's up. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, this is it, guys. Last chance. 60 seconds and counting. Anybody final questions? Nope. Good. <laughs> All right. I think that was great. Thank you, guys. Wow, Eagle. Um, it's always cool. I will say this. I was one of those guys who reached out to you two months ago after or whenever your How long ago was your shoulder surgery? Uh, I'm at the 12-week mark now. Oh, okay. So, yeah, about 12, maybe a little more than two months ago, I said, Eagle, like, let's get you on the show, see how your shoulder's doing. And you said, uh, maybe I, I respectfully <laughs> decline. Like, let's come back and maybe, maybe we'll talk the beginning of the year. And I'm not going to lie, my brain went bing. <laughs> and I said, why are we waiting? And why might we talk the beginning of the year? And I, that was it. I, I still never figured it out and I never inquired too deeply, but I'm happy for you, man. Uh, happy to hear the success and how things are going. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Do you have anything you'd like to shout out or say as a final? I mean, we already know who your sponsor is, but anything you want to say in closing before we let you go? I'd say hello, Gyronauts. I'm <laughs> excited to, to be a part of y'all's community. Uh, I love the product, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna be a part of a wild ride together for the for the next five years and hopefully beyond. And uh, I couldn't be more excited to to share this uh, amazing experience with uh, all the MVP peeps out there. Awesome. Thanks so much, <laughs> Eagle. We're going to let you go. Have a great evening and we'll talk to you. We'll catch you out there on the course sometime. Maybe you'll get some more right, wins guys. this year. <laughs> all right. Bye. Uh, sounds good to me. Later. Okay, everybody. Eagle McMahon. Uh, what an interview that was. First of all, some of you may have noticed there's a little different structure to the interview. You probably just like captured it without recognizing it or you really recognized it. Something new we're trying. We've got a lot of hosts now. Um, I think that went really well, guys. Uh, any immediate reactions that you kind of are just decompressing there? We can talk for a little bit. We have other topics. We also have uh, Doug Bjork is coming on in a little while, but anything to unpack there that stands out to you? I Something that I thought about after he said uh, for the next five years, how recent has these like multi-year contracts been in disc golf? Is it something more recent or has it always been a thing where people are signing for this many years now? Or is it just because there's more money? I think I, I, I think for uh, lower tiered players, there was always two year contracts that were involved because they wanted to feel like, okay, after year one, then year two, you know, now 
Discraft or Innova or someone like that still really wants me. And so they can try to get a little bit more. But I think realistically who pioneered that was Paul. Um, I, I mean, I'm sure people back in the day like Ken Climo, Barry Schultz, you, you see those long-term Innova guys. You see Michael Johansson constantly. I, I'm pretty sure Michael Johansson's not just doing year-after-year deal with Discraft. But you got to think those guys probably pioneered the longer structured contracts. But until it became a really big public thing, I think a lot of it was Paul in 2019 going to Discraft for originally it was a four-year contract. And then after two years, it just ramped up into a 10-year. And then Simon with, I don't know, is it even public? Is Simon five-year, 10-year? I mean, I forget what's the actually public. The length is public, public 10 years. And if it's not, okay, then so I just years. blew it too. But the length that's, is public. That's, that's what I mean. I I'm like, am I even supposed to say that? But <laughs> I know. Yeah. I think uh, realistically though, kind of, and this this was a question that I had for Eagle, but then afterwards I was like, you know what? I'll ask the guys on the panel right now. And that is, you see a lot of players like this where, you know, Paul left his long-term sponsorship with Innova, went to Discraft, Simon with Discmania, Ricky Wysocki, you know, has jumped around sponsorships. And every single time they kind of like start promoting that player, like Discraft really, really promoted Paul. And then uh, MVP really, really promoted Simon. You got to think realistically, this has to help Eagles brand no matter what. He's diving into a new culture of fans that couldn't, they may be fans of his, but they couldn't really support him the way that, you know, a lot of players are supported right now. So do you think it hurts or helps his brand leaving Discmania, who he's built the Discmaniac fan base, and then going to MVP, where now he has a brand new fan base? I mean, personally, I think if I'm going to answer my own question, I think this helps the brand. <laughs> like, I, because I know there's five of us now, so I'm like, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to answer. But go ahead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I, you got to think this has to help because, you know, now these players are going to want to buy multiple of his discs. And it's a whole, I mean, not his discs per se, but, you know, yeah, they want to support him. So I think it helps. Yeah. On, like economically, changing manufacturers is the best thing. Yeah. I mean, like there may be other so reasons funny to not like to that, because yeah. like yeah. obviously it can be disrupting, um, right? Destabilizing. You got to learn new discs. There's, there may be some factors where familiarity is important. But beyond that, literally when you move, as long as you've got a good personal brand and people support you, then there's a major surge of all these people are going to go out and buy these discs, which boosts the, you know, the disc economy, right? And really like it – I don't think it's a bad idea to like, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody switches like one more time. Like if Eagles like five years, like, I mean, you know, and then sail off in the sunset, kind of like, um, you know, some of these other big names will have the potential to do as they start to kind of transition to a different phase of their career. Shout out. Yes. Shout out to Pat McMahon. He did stop in the chat. He said hi to the whole crew. So there you go, Pat McMahon. Right. What a guy and also guy. follow up. Can you believe this? We've made it to this point in the show where we haven't even mentioned Gannon Burr. And that is like yeah. massive news as well. Now, I alluded to it by asking Eagle biggest offseason move, but I think everybody knows, including Gannon himself, as, as happy as Gannon is, this is a big move in Eagle. He has a big following. Um, Evan, you were going to say something maybe in line with that. Is there anything you wanted to say? No, I was just going to say that, uh, I mean, Eagle sells disc really well. It's not like he didn't sell disc well at disc media and now he's making the move and he's going to sell a ton of disc. Like he sells disc regardless he stays or moves. I, I think it also depends on the player. I'll throw out one example of, you know, a, an assumption. I don't have anything to prove until we see it, but a player like Nate Sexton uh, staying at Innova with his uh, uh, well, the 
his tour series Firebird, uh, and then has an assortment of other discs that have his name on it or he's tied to. Those are really valuable. And if he moves, sure, a Firebird equivalent would be uh, notable. Uh, but I really think he has a a good setup there. And I think there's other players who can kind of settle in and have a have a good relationship with the manufacturer. And that's the best move for them to stay there. But mm-hmm. certainly there's lots of potential to move and lots of disc sales. So I think it's generally a good thing. Uh, but you were going some with Gannon Burr, and I do have some thoughts on that as well. Yeah, I just uh, feel like... But I wanted you to finish your thought. Yeah, it's it's obviously it was a big move. I think it wasn't as big, and we've chatted about this for a while in our group text because of the lawsuit, and obviously it seemed like some amends was made there, but everyone under the sun was assuming that he was moving, and it was pretty obvious that he was going to. And so he did. He didn't get that same intensity of the move, but we didn't even start out with it primarily because Eagle announced today, our show is today. Uh, But that's my point is, we're all talking about how moving is better for you. Gannon set up three years with Discmania, Eagle five years. To Josh's point, I think we'll see these players move again uh, because I don't know unless they're really excelling with their company that they're going to get the raise, and that's just how business works. Usually you have to move to get that raise. All right. Um... Moving on from that talk a little bit, and by the way, we'll line up the Gannon Burr interview. I say the, we will talk to Gannon about what his plans are for the season. We'll probably do that on our regular show next week. Alden Harris also moved along, was announced today. Uh, I thought this was kind of fun, guys, because we discovered accidentally about Chris Clemens' uh, username changing to DG Clemonade from DD Clemonade, and it was on one of our shows. And uh, not that he's the biggest off-season signing, but he has finally signed now with Discraft. And I thought it was interesting and funny to note. His username went from DD Clemonade to DG Clemonade to now DC Clemonade. What a move that was. Marketing at its finest. Yeah, yeah. I I, I want to <laughs> talk about the fun uh, kind of uh, jokes he was having. I mean, I think it, it made the rounds that his van was at the Discraft, uh, either factory or in the same town as Discraft. And people are like, "Oh, Chris Clemens to Discraft," uh, but then his girlfriend, uh, who presumably was traveling with him, uh, announced going to Discraft. What was it? A week, couple days beforehand. Yeah. Uh, and he commented places like, "Oh, that's why the van was there." <laughs> Pretty much saying, <laughs> "That's hey, where I'm you going took somewhere my van. else." Yeah. Like, like she's the one going to Discraft. It's not me. And then, boom, a couple of days later, uh, he's going to Discraft. So that one took me by surprise. Ben, you said in the Eagle interview, uh, we, we hear a lot of things before or disc golf rumors get around and you kind of know what's going to happen. Yeah. Even this Eagle one, we didn't 100% know it was going to be MVP until really happened. Maybe you were like 90, 90 plus percent. Uh, fans really felt like it was going there, but it wasn't. it didn't feel like a surprise. That Chris Clemens one, although maybe not as major as Eagle McMahon, really felt like a surprise. And that was that was cool to see. And so I, I like that. Props to uh, Chris for kind of getting people off his trail and having some fun with it. Yeah. And, you know, people don't love hearing us all talk about, hey, we know things. We can't talk about them. And and Ben was really accurate in a lot of ways we don't want to know. And we so it's weird because we appreciate people reaching out with sources on news and information. But it's more fun to talk about the offseason when you don't know. And for Eagle, this scenario existed for me specifically. And I know Ben had some feelings about it originally. And then I had some feelings. And then it was just kind of like, we don't know. There was nothing substantiated. So this was fun. This was fun. And uh, whether he felt like it was leaked at the end or not, everyone was saying MVP at the end. So it it must have had some leak to it. And I always say, smoke, there's fire. We knew he was leaving. He did leave. It was MVP. 
Um, also, in other news, uh, as we fill in the break here before we get to um, Doug Bjorkus, by the way, the new executive director of the PDGA. That will be an interesting interview. Excited to have him on. Uh, Kristen Tatar, or Tatar, uh, she announced uh, that she won the, and I don't know how to say these names, but the Par- Parnuma, I'll say it in the English, the English pronunciation, Parnuma Sports Association. Uh, she received a Sports Person of the Year and Sports Performance of the Year from this city. Um, that's something that I've never done and will never do. My kid has won the world championship. I'll probably never do that. Uh, to win multiple years back to back these elite uh, prestigious awards from her country or city there. That's pretty spectacular. Is she going to continue to do this? I know we haven't started the season yet, Evan, but you are our guy that looks at these performances. She had an unprecedented last year, I think. What do you think, Evan? Is she going to keep seeing awards like this? Uh, they certainly love her uh, out in Estonia. And that's the, that's the really cool part about having a country that's, you know, a, a great country, but a little bit smaller in size and population that when you have a player kind of make this global uh global presence uh whether the sport is is disc golf that's of course growing but not you know the biggest sport ever yet uh it's cool to see it get such notoriety and so we see that with a lot of other uh european countries here and there but estonia has really hopped on the trend uh recently with their uh, event in the summer so i i think she's going to continue getting press in estonia being on the national newspaper or or whatever accolades and uh, (laughs) notoriety she's getting i don't see why that uh would go away i mean she won the grand slam this year the first uh, player to do it in fpo when there's four majors in a season uh that's a hard uh that's a hard feat to uh repeat or do again in your career uh but that doesn't mean she's gonna lose notoriety in estonia if she just continues being a phenomenal player the best in the world uh for her division or or whatever else uh i think they'll still love her and support her and and give a lot of uh press to her uh accomplishments yeah for sure. Uh, I'm going to throw this one. Well, I'll open it up to anybody, but I guess I'll just start with Josh. Uh, this offseason started up. I know you and I had some simple conversations about what does this offseason look like? Um, putting your ear to the ground and trying to feel it or hear it, <laughs> feel it out. Is this the offseason that you projected or we projected? I think going into it, it was the feeling that maybe there wasn't going to be a lot of movement, but if you were in the know or you really dug deep and read it, you might think otherwise. What do you think, Josh? Was this the offseason that we predicted? We're pretty much to the wrap-up of it now. Yeah, I mean, so it's interesting because I feel like everything, like it's not, at, so the moves that happened, here's, here's how I'm trying to say it, are big moves. I'm excited about them. I think they're creating some excitement. This Eagle, right, uh, sponsorship deal is point and, you know, makes that case. But in reality, I don't feel like there was a lot of big movement. Mm. It was one of the quieter off seasons in a while. And by quiet, what I mean is kind of the unexpected turmoil, the surprise deals. Um, In reality, it was a contract year for Eagle. And it just seemed like there was a good chance it would move. And then as it got closer, it seemed more obvious. Um, we all know the Gannon situation, and those are the two big names we're talking about. There certainly are a whole other list of names behind that, but those are the two that I can think of, and neither of them were surprises. Um, so I don't know. So anyway, I'm excited. It's a good off season, um, but it kind of held true to what I might have expected. Nick, did you feel the same way? I mean, you are in the know with a lot of stuff as well. Did you feel like it was going to be quiet, or you kind of thought stuff was coming? 
this it was definitely a quieter offseason than I think we've kind of been used to in the past. But I think one of the reasons for that is in the past, a lot of players have broken contract and, <laughs> you know, call. left to go to different companies. I mean, realistically, but now that players are signing these three, four, five, ten year deals, it's going to become scarce when we have big offseason news like this. Like for Eagle, we have to wait until what, 2029 to talk about what's going on with his next sponsorship, whether it's staying at MVP. Paul, we got to wait till 2030. Simon, we got to wait till what 2033. So, yeah, in the offseason, it's going to get a little bit more scarce. You're going to see players like one of the big ones uh, that isn't the most notable player, but he got third place at the world championships a couple of years ago. Tristan Tanner, Latitude 64, departed from them, whether it was they dropped him or he left, but he signed with DGA. And so, players of that caliber, I would say, we're going to hear about a lot more. But when it comes to the big names, it's definitely going to get a little bit harder each year that we're not going to hear about them as much. All right. Uh, and then finally, last topic here, but it deserves definitely some time. Evan, you've been away for a while. There's been a lot of background moves happening with Stat Mando. Uh, I announced it as the PDGA acquired, and I even related it to Disc Golf Pro Tour <laughs> acquiring Jomez Pro. Um, dude, a lot has happened. You're now working uh, full-time Stat Mando. Congratulations on that, friend. And uh, what do you want to tell us about that? Anything going on that the people want to know? You're back here. You're on our show. We're excited about that. What's going on, man? Well, yeah, first off, I, I was listening to the show and I heard you uh, put me in the or put, you know, the Statmando team in the uh, same sentence as Jonathan <laughs> Gomez. Uh, and that's uh, I don't know if I quite live up to Jonathan Gomez's Big name time. being an icon in the sport and all he has done. Uh, but certainly uh, nice to hear it in the same sentence. Uh, Dude, you have a collector's card. How well deserved it was. Yeah, That's another thing is, is uh, <laughs> thanks to Brixton. <laughs> Uh, I, I have a collector's card and it's kind of in the non-player section and it's like Jonathan Gomez, Terry Miller, Jonathan Van Derzen, if I'm saying that correctly, but JVD, everyone knows him at as Johnny B. Uh, so it, being in that company, uh, those are, those are some, uh, big names in the, uh, background of disc golf. So, uh, it's, it's very humbling to be, uh, in the same sentence as those, although, you know, you know, you of course know me well, and maybe you're just trying to hype me up, but I, I do uh, appreciate <laughs> it. You, it. you mean well, uh, <laughs> But yeah, I, um, I along with uh, Hans and Dion of Statmando, uh, have joined the PDGA full-time. So we have been working there uh, since you know mid to late December. Uh, it's been a big change. I mean, just you know, changing careers, uh, changing new job. Uh, that's a big life change. Uh, and so uh, getting used to the new job, it's, it's you know, it, it isn't disc golf and no disc golf. Uh, and so there's certainly some things where it's, oh yeah, that's, it's, I already know this stuff, but then think about still changing jobs. It's, it's a lot of, uh, change and getting used to, you know, new schedules and new, you know, kind of working habits and how you, how you work with the team. And, uh, I'll, I'll say that, you know, have gotten to, uh, speak and meet with, you know, the tech team and, and there's a lot of incredibly smart people in this group. Uh, so I'm really excited to work with them uh, in the incredible team. And I, I should, should have led with that. I'm joining the tech team within the PDGA. There you go. So, um, yeah, working on, you know, the, uh, whole PDGA tech stack. So it's really exciting getting into a lot of that. And I know people are going to be asking about Statmando and what they expect to see uh, and know that that is, the, you know, it, the brand of Statmando is now under the PDGA. And so it's still, um, the plan is to uh, 
keep it as it was, uh, I think is the best way to describe it. And so you'll still see the same uh, awesome stats that we try to post on social media or feed to the Disc Golf Pro Tour or however else we we get it out to consume for people. Uh, that is all still going to happen. Uh, and hopefully uh, there's no uh, changes seen uh, except for the better. We, we of course, uh, have lots of uh, ideas to uh continue to uh, Im- improve uh, Statmando and the stats that we uh, develop and uh, work on. And it's one of those things where I think we have an infinite amount of ideas, but then only a finite amount of time to work on it. So going from working on a part-time in our uh, spare time after you know our other job hours to then be working on it full-time uh, certainly makes us uh, excited and hopefully we can uh, attack a lot more of those uh, ideas we come up with. The interview with you and Statmando could go on and on. So I think it deserves a lot of credit and time to think about where we could go in the sport. You've been a part of our show now for, is it actually a few years, right? Two years? No, he's been on ben over just, three Ben years? just said two years. I'm two years And I felt like me. I was on this time Evan, for a Evan's while. Been since, Evan's wow. been since 2021. Come on. We so, working with oh my goodness. So I guess my point is like, Oh, oh we're, welcome to the show. I, I clicked the wrong yeah. button. Sorry, <laughs> that's awkward. What have you done? Oh, you're man? fine. You're intern you're really back fired. to intern now. Now that could be punked because now that was a little leak there, but that's punked. Evan, you know, works now at the PDGA. We got people looking in over your shoulder, um, but Evan, I think it deserves like this recognition. But it's funny because like we play disc golf with you. You're on the show. We get to know you over all the time. You we know you're doing big things. And now you're actually employed and working there. And we're just, i the chat can agree or not agree, but I think everyone agrees. It's a big privilege to have you on the show. We're glad that you're a part of it. Um, things will look a little bit different for us, as you can see already, the way this functions and format here. Um, but I'm pretty sure you got other things to do tonight. And so we're going to let you go. We appreciate all the contributions you had so far. All right. Well, uh, thanks for having me for... Uh the time being and uh, excited for you guys to talk to uh, to Doug that was uh, leaked uh, by intern Ben <laughs> showing him on screen for just a second. But Your boss. I, I'm excited to uh, tune in and listen to it uh, after I hop off here. That's funny. Uh, yeah, absolutely. See you later, Evan. Um, yeah, Ben. So uh, take us to the four up because Evan's leaving. Bye, Evan. I've given Ben See new you. controls and new buttons and <laughs> he's done oh. this once to us before. <laughs> I forget who it was, but how, how weird is it when Evan's saying, Hey, thanks for having me on. Like, I, know. I don't know. That just well, felt weird when he said it like that. I'm like, hold on. Yeah. He's a part of the show. So like, just to kind of like yeah. clear, clarify it. He, he's a, he's a part of the show. Uh, he's a new role with his employer and he's going to contribute in every way that he can here. Um, but, there's a lot of things that could be weird and possibly interviewing the executive director of the PDJ could be one of those things. If you're employed by them, not saying yeah. he's scared of it, but I'm just saying like, there's a time and a place and we're going to let the shows dictate that, especially as the season ramps up and he's going to be a big part of all of the stats, numbers and performance reviews that we're going to look at. So, all right, with that being said, let's go ahead and welcome to the show. The, the new, brand new executive director of the PDGA. Let's welcome him in, everybody. Doug Bjorkus, uh, welcome to the show. I am excited to have you on. And oh my, I did it again. <laughs> <laughs> that's Doug. Intern Ben. Welcome Yikes. to the show, Doug. Good to be here. How are you guys doing? Really, really good, Doug. Um, we're excited to have you on. I've been 
privileged and honored to have met you uh, years ago, especially when my kids, they're still involved in the junior side of the sport, but just years ago, involvement, your support of what we've done uh, with junior disc golf and everything that you've done in the sport. It's a true privilege and honor to have you on, especially now representing as the executive director of the PDGA. I had an audio clip here lined up and I don't know if it's worth it, but let me see if I can. You guys, everyone should be able to hear it here. Give it a second to kind of play out. This Disc is, golf fans probably have no idea. Who this is Josh on a previous episode when we were we heard about the retirement of Joe Chargoloff. So let's just listen in here. Who he is, you could argue if that's good or bad. Um, but yeah, he's he's retiring. I think it's at, it was at the end of the year. So today is 2024. I don't know the official date and transition. Um, obviously, the board's going to have to select a new director. Um, I have some thoughts on how that may play out, just kind of looking at how this has happened up to this point. Um, but to be clear, any director that's brought in should have a significant influence on the future direction of the organization. And the organization, the PDGA, influences a lot of what we consume, what we talk about, obviously the pro scene. Um, so it'll be interesting. Um, you know, even over the next year, two, three years, it probably takes that long for some of that stuff to really take shape. But um, we'll see if, it, it's, if it's a continuation of the same trajectory of what we've seen, everything we love about it, everything we hate about it, um, or if there will be some changes as a result of new leadership being brought in. Um, you know, Joe, there's probably varying opinions on how the PDGA has handled stuff. And the box does stop with the leader. So I think there's probably mixed opinions uh, for sure out there. Um, one thing that he can certainly point to is a significant growth of the sport while he was, um, you know, leading the PDGA. Uh -huh. And certainly there may have been some tailwinds that helped boost him along, right? The pickup of the sport from COVID, et cetera. Um, but there's no question from the time he joined till now that the sport is more prominent, more awareness. Um, whether or not you think he deserves any credit is probably up for debate. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see where it goes from here. I've, hold on, we're going to get a little bit more COVID. Here. I don't think it doesn't all hold on. Right. It does stop with what they've done. And we've probably seen a, a mixture of responses to certain situations, but mm -hmm. um, it, it's interesting. Any good leader also is constantly thinking ahead about true uh, development of their team and succession planning. And I've zero insight other than my own observations, not even one conversation with anybody about this. Um, but I find it interesting that over the last year, you see Doug Bjerkus join um the pdga um i wouldn't be surprised if there were discussions of potential succession planning and career development opportunities obviously nobody gets ushered in alone the board still has to make those decisions and there may be a legitimate opening for candidates um to go through that process mm -hmm. but i think there probably are a handful of names that i would hope joe and the board had already been considering mm. um you know as josh most likely knew that joe was going to be retiring he didn't decide that last month yeah. He may have been. He may have known for the last two or three years. It's possible. Yep. So he, Josh called this a few weeks ago, not knowing anything, but just being the the future thinker that he is for the sport and succession plans. Welcome to the show, Doug. I just thought it was interesting because here we are, two weeks later. I think it was about two weeks talking. Um, so first of all, congratulations on that. I'm assuming you wanted this, or you wouldn't have taken it. So uh, how did this come to be? Is it a surprise to you? Are you? Did you see yourself here uh, three years ago? No, I, I certainly didn't. In fact, I, I saw myself continuing most likely with my, my former employer. Um, but uh, an opportunity came up within this last year. 
um, to, to work for the PDGA. And uh, I, I thought a lot about, you know, the legacy that I could leave the sport. And, you know, it's a sport I love and I've been around for a long time. And um, I uh, there were some changes at my old employer. Uh, obviously, the, the purchase of Dynamic Discs by the House of Discs is, is well known. And uh, things were going to change a little bit. And, you know, change is something we need to embrace. But we also have choices to make when there's change. And I, I, it was perfect timing. And um, yeah, when I did start though, um, as the uh, director of operations, uh, there was not an intentional effort to say, well, we're going to hire him and have him do that. And then he's going to become the executive director. I, I had no idea that when I accepted the job and started working in April, that I would be the executive director in January of the following year. No idea. Yeah. I had a conversation with you at world's, um, not an even off the record, con just an open, transparent, Hey, you're, you know, what's it looking like? Are you scanning the horizon to see? And you said, Hey, I'm set. I've been settling in looking around at the things and how they operate here before I try to make any big, you know, sweeping moves or decisions. But now you've done that for about a year. Uh, this is just like jumping right to it. Does anything stand out to you that is like the shining star of the PDGA that they're doing really well now that you're, you're here looking at it saying, I, I've seen this, this is stuff we do really well. And then is there, are there things that you've discovered over the last year that you say, maybe we need to really polish this up or change altogether? Well, I think as soon as in any, in any position you're in, in any job you have, if you get to the point where you think everything's where it needs to be, you're, you're probably not living in reality. So um, I think there's always room for improvements, you know, to answer your question about what we do really well, we have some great people on the staff, people with some great experience some people that are well connected to disc golf. Um, I just look at the, you know, as someone who's been a tournament director for, for a long time, just the technology advancements that we've made that allow tournament directors, whether it's through our live scoring or through our tournament manager or, you know, the disc golf scene online registration system. I mean, these tools are incredibly helpful for, for a tournament director. And I think, I think we really do provide TDs with great support. And let's face it, that's one of the main reasons why people join the PDGA so that they can, you know, have their rating. They can have access to the tools that are on the PDGA website. They can play tournaments without paying a non-member fee. Um, we, we do a really nice job of that. Um, I think that uh, the sport, though, is changing and, and we've got to start, you know, being being forward thinking in lots of areas. Um, and, and we have been we've been forward forward thinking in a lot of areas. But, you know, I think that the at the end of the day, the most important thing we can do is, is look for opportunities to grow the sport. And uh, that, I think, is our 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 biggest opportunity. And this world is big. And for so long, this world has involved really the United States and a few foreign countries. But with each which each each year that passes, there's more uh, countries that have uh, found, uh, you know, uh, uh, organizations that represent the disc golfers in those countries. And, and we just need to connect with them and, and really take a global approach to how we manage the sport. Fantastic. Uh, for those who don't know and are aware of our governing body of disc golf, the PDGA, you as the ex is the correct title is executive director, correct? Correct. Okay. Yes. Can you tell us what the role is? I'm sure you had some sort of interview and job description and your familiarity working with Joe the previous year. Like, what is the role of the executive director for those who might not be aware? The executive director is. Uh, is responsible for the staff of the PDJ and, and uh, 
all the employees of the PDGA roll up through the executive director, and then the executive director reports to the board of directors. And the board of directors are seven individuals that are voted into their positions by the membership. And uh, so I will work very closely with the board um, and, uh, and, and partnering with them to, to try to make the best decisions possible to serve our sport and to serve the members. Sure. Um, and you just mentioned this. So the board of directors is, is, would you say that's who you are, resp you respond to or responsible to, or th they just make sure things stay in check. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, anytime you have a, a nonprofit, um, mm -hmm. and, and of course I've had experience with things like the Paul Macbeth foundation, uh, being the, the, one of the first chairs of that, that nonprofit, uh, uh, Ricky Wysocki started the Saki Bomb Foundation when he came over to Dynamic Discs, and I helped get that thing launched. Um, uh, the the format of a nonprofit requires that you have a board, um, and and that board is there for uh, you know boards have different different kind of uh, identities. Some boards are more driving, guiding boards. Some are uh, more resource boards. Uh, I think our board is a, a good mix of a lot of that. And um, again, it's 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 my responsibility to work with them to where the decisions we make. Are, are vetted through that board in a way. Um, and, and those are the big, big decisions, you know, little little day-to-day -day things, I'm, I'm responsible for that. But um, the direction of where we're heading is a, is a combination of, of what, what I'm doing and my vision, which my vision, by the way, is gonna be a reflection of my staff's vision. Um, and then of course, the vision of the board. Okay, um, so there's been an unsettled vocal group. I don't have numbers, minorities, majorities, but you see it, you know, social media, different places. They're unhappy with how the PDGA is operated. Some people think everything is a quote, an inside job, or it's a cover up of mistakes or whatever it is. Right. But what do you have to say to that? Like how, how does a, the PDGA function where that would be nearly impossible to do, or do they have some right in what they're saying to be concerned? Um, no, I think, I think anybody that's a member of the PDGA has every right to have, uh, an opinion on how the organization that they join is operating. And, um, you know, uh, I do think that, um, uh, a certain, a certain bit of transparency, in fact, in, in most cases, I think transparency is going to be very, very good for the PDGA to be transparent with the membership. There are sometimes things that we're dealing with that, that, it wouldn't be a, a really good idea to be super transparent about. Um, and uh, we just need to make sure we're picking the right things to, to be transparent about and and be be very careful about the things that we're not. But generally speaking, you're going to find that um, I am a proponent for transparency. Um, uh, my salary is paid for by members who are joining the PDJ and paying their hard-earned money to, to, to join. And then every time they play a sanctioned event, um, the TD that's sanctioning their event is paying a sanctioning fee, which helps pay my salary. And then there's a player fee that every time you play a tournament, uh, whether it's a C tier, a B tier, an A tier, the, the higher the tier it is, the, the, the more of that player fee goes to the PDGA. But that they're the ones that are paying our salaries and uh, we, we need to be uh, good stewards of, of the money that they're putting into the organization and and do the things that are right for the sport. And that, that's my commitment in my new role is that, you know, the, the, the main thing I'm going to be asking myself anytime I'm either having to make a decision or I'm in a process with a group making a decision is, is this best for our sport and our members? And is it going to be something that's going to help sustain our sport and help grow our sport? And that's that, that's that's what's on my plate.
Yeah, extremely high number of members. Uh, active numbers, I think I heard today on Disc Golf Daily. Shout out to Steve Dodge, starting something up again. <laughs> he's back. He's doing a podcast. Uh, I think he mentioned 63,000, 65,000 uh, current PDGA members. Um, that's a good start to the year, I'd imagine. Uh, can I ask this as my last question before I pass it off to one of these other guys here? Is in my mind, maybe this is how I feel. You're coming into what may be considered tumultuous in some ways with the eligibility for gender-based divisions. Like you're coming in at a time where we just went through what could be considered the the most upheaval in the sport relating to something of that topic. Um, we saw the release right before the end of the year that, hey, we're, we're readopting or, or falling back to previous. I'm not getting into all the details here, but it looks like we're waiting until, is it correct, the end of 2025 or 2025 before reevaluating? Do you know? Um, yeah, I, I know a little bit. And, and again, uh, I was asked this question a couple days ago. And, and keep in mind that I, I started on Wednesday of last week. So this is my <laughs> seventh day on the job. Um, and I've got a lot to I've got a lot to figure out. Uh, one of the big things I'm working on is the budget for 2024. And we are in 2024. So that's that's pretty important. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't have all of the information on that yet, um, but I will tell you that um, I do know that the, the the situation we were in, if we would have continued along the path that we had started in 2023, um, we would be spending a lot of money. We'd be spending a lot of money on 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 legal fees, uh, lawsuits. Um, about half of the states in the in the United States, um, in in some form of interpreting their laws, we could be potentially breaking the law by having tournaments uh, where we were making a certain decision one way or the other. And that, that we, in in my opinion, the future of our sport is we could wake up two three years from now and and our sport is completely different because we've just spent all of our money on one one topic. And I'm not saying that topic's not important. It's incredibly important, but it's also incredibly important for us to sustain what we have. And, uh, um, I think there are larger entities, bigger, bigger folks that can, um, that can solve that problem for us. You know, I, I use this analogy a lot. You mentioned 60 some odd thousand members. Uh, membership is tough to track over time because you can join at any time during mm -hmm. the year. A lot of people don't renew right away because, the numbers that you just shared are actually uh, a, a lot lower than what they actually were during the height of the season last year, but that has to do with the, the, mm. the scheduling of renewal. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I will tell you this though. I think we capped out somewhere around 135,000 active members during uh, 2023, give or take five or $10,000. I, I probably should have a bunch of stats with me when I come on a show like this. But uh, um, if you think about that, here, here's, you know, we, we look at disc golf and we go, man, we're, we're just exploding and we're growing, growing. And during the pandemic, of course, we did. But, you know, you could take all of our active members at the height of the season last year and you wouldn't fill two NFL stadiums with those people. So it's it's we are big, but we're also not. And there, there are other people that can fight that battle and whichever way that battle ends up finishing up um, when it comes down. And, and it's, you know, my opinion is, is when it's when we're ready to find out what that's going to be, as it progresses through the, the legal system, we're, we'll follow the rules. And that's that's what's important. Our sport, you know, at the end of the day, we might disagree on a lot of things, but I do know and I say this all the time. 
we love watching frisbees fly into baskets and and i didn't i never want to jeopardize that uh, excellent uh, i'm going to pass this over to josh Hey, Doug, uh, similar to Matt, hey, um, I remember we talked many years ago when we were talking about yep. running the U.S. juniors and uh, you were super supportive. And so I'm just thrilled to see you um, getting this opportunity. Um, and I know Matt shared that clip from my perspective before, but then I heard you on a podcast uh, last week as well. And uh, I just think it's it's awesome how you kind of came to see the opportunity and here you are. So congrats on that. And uh, we just came off of an interview with Eagle McMahon. So I will say I'm tempted to say, Doug, what are the terms of the deal? Is it a 10 year, $10 million? <laughs> you know, do you get your own disc line? You know, what's all the, what's the big news, you know? <laughs> well, let, let, let me, uh, let me stop right there with, with Eagle and, and Eagle won't, you know, uh, many of the people watching this probably don't know, but his greatest victory ever was sometime in probably 2010, uh, at a Winter Warriors random draw doubles tournament in Denver, Colorado, where he and I took it down when he was just a little kid. Wow. So that is his, that, that's probably why he got that big deal with MVP was because of the <laughs> that was probably the spark. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure if we tracked exactly. it back. So. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so congrats. And, you know, this was stated and, and assumed and understood that the executive director, literally in the title, right? Executive director, yep. you have a pretty significant influence on the culture of the organization, right? The, all the staff that reports to you. So I'm curious for you to, to share a little bit about what's most important to you and how you want to lead the PDGA. And I'm not actually asking about the what, I'm not asking about an initiative or an issue, but I'd like you to just share about like how you want to be a leader of this team that you have now fully inherited. I know you were leading people before this, but now it's the whole thing. Yeah, I take, I take an approach where I... I've, I've always told people when they say, uh, oh, I work for that person. And, and I always like to correct them and say, no, you work with that person. And, and uh, I, I embrace a lot of teamwork collaboration, whether it's running big tournaments, whether it was my prior career in higher education. Um, I, I just like to collaborate. I like to empower. Um, and uh, I, like I said earlier, when we first started, there are some incredibly talented people. In fact, you had had one on the air that just joined us here a few weeks ago. Um, I, I just want to make sure that everybody is uh, working together, that we have some goals that we're shooting for. Um, that's going to be something that I'll be working on in the next one or two months to really f form some some goals that we can be we can be driving for. Hey, if you're if you're in a car driving somewhere, and you don't know where you're going. You, you may not ever get there. And and um so, yeah, that, that's been my leadership uh, style. I, I like to, you know, I'm a big believer in uh, education. I think a day without learning is a day lost. And one of the things, in fact, I had a conversation today with a couple of people working on some some budget stuff for next year that, you know, I'd like to make sure we're investing in every single employee somehow to develop them professionally, whether that's letting them learn something that they have an interest in learning about, or if there's a weakness in what they're delivering, we, we can, we can get them trained up. Um, it's not always just saying, Hey, you need to do a better job. You need to be, do a better job. Sometimes you have to give people the tools so that they can do a better job. And, and that's one of the things I've always, uh, 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 done with the people that I've, I've worked with maybe on an org chart, I might be somewhere above them, but at the end of the day, we're a team and, and, and we've got to all do our best to fulfill the mission. That's great. Yeah. Thank you. I just, and the reason I wanted to hear about that is just doubling down on my point. I think how 
how you lead will probably have as much of an impact as uh, you know what you actually choose to do. Um, and so thank you for sharing that. Um, maybe this is partly answered by the fact that you're here today. I'm not sure. But um, you know, Joe was not nearly as public. Um, and that doesn't mean the PDGA staff wasn't themselves, right? They're present at events and lots of media always going up on their page and influencing lots of things. So I, I understand that. But are you personally thinking you may uh, have a little bit more of a public face or, um, I mean, you're showing up on a podcast here right out of the gate talking to us. And I know we're not the only one. Um, is that intentional in your mind that that's just going to be your style and personality? Or is that yet to be determined as you settle into the job? You know, I, I think it will be, and there'll be a balance. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to be the, the, the spokesperson for the PDGA. We have some other very talented people that can do that as well. And um, one thing I am an advocate for is, uh, uh, and in fact, in my experiences at Dynamic Discs, we, um, I think part of our, part of, uh, our early success was that we kind of pulled the curtain back and we, we let people know who we were. And, you know, we had Workforce Wednesday social media posts and, I think that uh, it's important that the membership knows the folks that are um, leading them. And uh, so, yeah, I think I would I, I definitely feel like I will take a more visible approach. Um, uh, uh, not that what Joe did was was the wrong way to do it. Joe, Joe was the leader of the PDGA during a very tumultuous, tumultuous time. And I'm not talking about the, 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 the gender eligibility thing, Th that, too. But the pandemic was a, a yeah. huge uh, 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 I don't know if you guys remember, but most of the PDGA staff was furloughed. Um, events were canceled, stopped, you know. Um, <laughs> in fact, at one point, the PDGA, and I, I look back and I think, um, I, 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 I'm, I'm not proud of this decision that was made, but when they said, hey, you shouldn't even go out and play disc golf. Well, during the pandemic, all of the technology uh, advances that were made that allowed tournament directors to actually run events and and do that where they weren't in close knit groups. Of course, award ceremonies pretty much went away. But uh, um, that was that was a tough time to figure out what we were going to do. And he did a fantastic job of that. And uh, um, I, I have a lot of respect for for what he did, because I wouldn't be here today and disc golf wouldn't be in the spot that it's here today if he hadn't been here. But we're in a different season now. We're we're past the 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 the. And I, I, I've said this before on other other interviews, the, the drunken stupor of the pandemic is over and, and we're kind of a little bit into, in the hangover now and we got to figure things out. I think part of figuring things out is making sure that the membership believes us and, and, and knows us and and has faith in us. And part of that is being present. So, yes, to answer your question, um, I, I do intend to be a little more present uh, than our than, than my predecessor, but, uh, and that's my personality too. And, and everyone has different, all the guys on your show probably have a little bit different yes. personalities, the way they do things. And, and, and that's the case with us. It doesn't make us better than the other one. It just makes us different, but that will be what you'll see from me. Awesome. Thank you, Doug. Appreciate it. Nick, I know you've got some follow-up for Doug. Yeah. I've got a couple simple and quick questions. Uh, first one, do you have all of your daughter's uh, one of one cards or do you have all the good bricks and cards that came out yeah. for Paige? So uh, I, I'm missing two. Oh, so but there are 30, but, but no one's seen them. So they could be in a pack somewhere. And okay. I got, I got to tell you that card thing has just exploded with these Brixton cards. Yeah, there's yeah. all kinds, there's a discord and there's all these, it's almost like a subculture <laughs> of disc golfers that collect cards. And yeah. um, you guys were very helpful in helping me get a card that I, mm -hmm. I didn't have, but uh, yeah, there's two, 
two one-on-ones that I don't have, and I'm I'm hoping they're in a pack somewhere and that they weren't opened up by like some four-year-old kid that put them in there. <laughs> That yeah. folks in their wheels so that, Duck you know, could, you know go like this down the road. <laughs> All right. That's, that's good to know. Uh, you had talked earlier how, you know, budgeting is one of the big things on the agenda for 2024. But other than budgeting, what is kind of the first, you know, task you are taking on as executive director? Well, it, I, I'm, I'm going to learn a lot about other, other functions of the PDGA, um, but we also have to continue um, I mean, we just awarded a bunch of majors and we're going to start some kickoff calls with some of those 25 major hosts and work on this, the final schedule for 25. Um, I've had uh, uh, just last week I was on the phone with Jeff Spring and um, we're working on the 2025 DGPT schedule and how that relates to the major schedule. And uh, we're out in front of that further than we've ever been out in front of that. So um, and I think, you know, this this a lot of times we tend to in disc golf do things just in time. And um, I, I think for us to grow and, and, and become more effective um, I'm a big believer in excellence through efficiency. And we've, we've, we've just got to get out in front of some things a little further. So I'm still working on things like the, uh, the schedule um, working with the hosts that are hosting our majors in 2024. We've got some great staff that is also doing that. Um, we've got some, decisions we need to make about technology moving forward so there there's 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 a lot of things that are on the plate and uh uh you know the best the best way to clean up a plate is just take one bite at a time oh yeah uh, i guess my last uh kind of simple question is a friend of ours on the show paul Macbeth, asked me to ask you are you going to la paz mexico again this year you know I, the, the plan is I'm registered for the tournament. My wife is also registered for that tournament. Um, that course is very near and dear to my heart because we actually helped put the course in the ground. Um, and Mexico this time of year is just fantastic. So, uh, the, the plan is to be there the, the first weekend in February and, uh, really looking forward to see my rating continue to plummet as it has every, every, every year I've played another event since about three years ago. So getting old is not good for your rating. <laughs> there you go. I'll send it off to Ben or anyone else that has any important Yeah, questions. so I think in texting, and not to disclose your location, but you're on the East Coast, if that's correct. Is that where you reside now? Is that where you are for the PDGA? Will you be here forever? Like, what, what does that look like? Um, if I'm here forever on this uh, podcast, I'm not going to be real happy. But uh, no, uh, as far as where I, I live, I still, uh, my wife and I still live in Emporia, Kansas. Um, the plan is to sell our house this spring and then move to Augusta. Currently, I am in Augusta because I came out on Thursday night of last week. I got, uh, I was offered the job on Tuesday, accepted it on Wednesday, got to Augusta Thursday. And um, like I spent uh, two full days with Joe, just, uh, you know, there's a lot of admin stuff behind the scenes, like our bank accounts and, you know, our, our phone plans for our employees and things like that, where physically we just got to go and transfer that stuff. And then again, I'm also, many of our employees are here in Augusta and just spending some time listening to them, hearing, hearing what, uh, what ideas they have. So yeah, I do return to Emporia though, Saturday morning. And, uh, again, sometime this spring, I'll, I'll, I'll end up moving to, to the Augusta area. Awesome. Can you tell us, uh, have you seen the property there with all the trees removed uh, from it? Have you been to the property? Um, no, but I will be there on Friday. Um, and uh, I was there before the cut started. Um, and I've heard that the cleanup is now started. And I'm looking forward to, to, to seeing that with my own eyes. Um, they did follow through 
and only took the uh, the affected pine trees. All the hardwoods are still there. Um, certainly some holes are going to be quite a bit different, but um, it's very heartbreaking to, to, you know, when that something like that happens. I saw pine beetles ruin courses in Colorado when I was there, and uh, it, it is part of, you know, nature, and it, yep. it's going to happen, but uh, it, just, it just is a real heartbreak that it happened to a course that is so beloved by so many people. Yeah, you said quite a bit on here tonight and a lot of positive and uh, insightful things. Is there anything you'd like to say to our audience now, which is largely an audience of PDGA members? Uh, obviously, we don't know how many. Uh, what PDGA number are you, Doug? 14902. 14902. There you go, everybody. Now you can look him up. He's been around for a while. Anything you want to say to the PDGA membership? No, just that I... I, I uh... I just appreciate the PDGA. I mean, when I joined back in the late nineties, I was excited. I discovered this thing called disc golf and, uh, um, it, it literally has changed my life. I mean, it's, it's, my family has gone all in on it. It's been an activity that has caused us to get super close. Um, it's my grandkids. We'll go out with my grandkids who are about the age of your kids when I met them in Emporia and they just like to throw discs through the park and, uh, um, yeah, and 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 the PDGA membership as a group is 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 helping the sport move, and uh, I, I want to thank every PDGA member out there for ponying up either fifty bucks as an amateur or seventy five bucks as a as a pro. I mean, that's real money, and it's a lot of money. And uh, the fact that you're committing that to the PDGA year after year after year is meaningful. And I'm going to pledge to you guys that we're going to take that and we're going to do the best things for disc golf with that. So, um, yeah, keep, keep playing disc golf. And, uh, and then, you know, my last little thing that I kind of pitched to everyone I, I see is, um, you know, we talk a lot about how we can grow the sport and we can, you know, do, do clinics or, um, do these programs and all these programs are important. And you'll hear me say that the programs that we put in place to grow the sport are important, but, most people I ever play with, when you ask them how they discovered the sport, it's because someone they knew, someone they worked with, someone they went to school with, someone that lived on the their same cul-de-sac, someone they went to church with, said, hey, you should come out and check this disc golf thing out. And uh, um, I'd encourage everybody that's listening to, you know, at some point in 2024, take the time and, and share the sport with someone individually. And don't, don't, you don't have to be an expert. You know, I tell people when they're sharing disc golf with someone, it's, it's fun before form. Just have fun, and and that's how I I got hooked on the game. And uh, um, if if we can all get out there and 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 tell people about this game, the game will continue to grow. And the bottom line is, the the more the sport grows, the more things we will be able to do. So, um, yeah. And and last thing, I, I really appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, I I love the fact, you know, back when I joined the PDGA, there weren't podcast. Well, there wasn't even the internet. So, um, but you know, there weren't things like this that, uh, promoted the sport. And I'm really, really happy that, uh, you guys are doing what you do. I'm really tempted to say that this is all a farce and that the PDGA just set this whole thing up so that Josh could think that he was right about his prediction, but, uh, yeah. it, it, it is actually I know. real. I guess I accidentally got right, but not the right rationale or logic along the way, Doug. So I'm glad it happened regardless. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for your time on here. Um, I'm happy that we have someone like you sitting in that seat and that doesn't mean pressure. That just means a lot of people believe in you. And again, not pressure, <laughs> just keep doing <laughs> what you do. Excitement. You've done it for a while. Excitement. Yeah. Yep. Excitement. 
All Thanks, right. you guys. We'll let you go. Talk to you later, Doug. Thanks. Yep. All right, everybody. Doug Bjorkis, executive, recently installed executive director of the PDJ. Josh, you didn't know I was going to play that link. And honestly, it took a, it played a little <laughs> longer a little than I intended. Long. I had to figure out where I was going with it. But we finally got there. You called it. Uh, that was insightful. I think you just, you're familiar, more familiar with that process of executive leadership. And, and it's not just a, a switch that gets turned. But he said he didn't know. But it made sense to you, and you either you got lucky or you were just that insightful. I think I got a little lucky, but there also <laughs> was um, some logic to be had. Hence, yeah. somebody said, "Hey, Doug, there's a job opening here," and he applied for it, and the board thought he was right, or you know, right for it. So maybe, um, maybe a little bit of insight and a little bit of luck um, from my part. But you know, regardless, as I said to him, and just to say, kind of, and wrap up here, like. I think um, he'll be a great leader for the organization. And my question about how he will lead, because look, there's so many issues and there's so many opinions. And I'm not even talking about just the big hot button issues. Like I'm talking about all the way down to all levels of the game, right? Um, and how he chooses to lead will probably have as big of an impact on exactly what the issues are. I know some people want to just harp on the issues and I understand it because that's what impacts you. But how he leads will eventually play its way out into the issues. And I think, um, you know, if he leads well, I think our game will be better off for it. Um, his perspective on making sure that the game and the sport we all love, right, which is really about throwing a disc uh, towards a basket, recreational fun, and also having a pro level. Um, he wants to make sure that that is preserved, that that continues to grow and is available to everybody. And so like, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You know, he's seven days into the role. That's not nearly enough time for us to get any real idea. Um, but he said he wants to be more public. Um, he obviously understands the gravity of the issues that are there. Um, and, you know, give him a couple more months. He said he's going to do goal setting with his staff. I'll be really looking forward to seeing um, if we can see a visible change in any of the direction of the organization, um, it'll be really interesting to see. Looking forward to it. I personally have had conversations with him, and I will just say, I may or may not have the best, you know, read people, like know exactly who they are after conversations. But after enough conversations and watching their leadership, you generally have a good feel. And that is what I have with Doug. Um, and so I'm excited. I, I don't think we're going to see anything massive, but I do think we're going to see this leadership. Um, how do I say it? Active. Like you're going to actually, to his point, he says he'll probably be a little bit more forward. And I think that is something that frankly, our generation and disc golfers in general would like to have more. And I think just that alone could be a win. Um, so there you go. Getting ready to wrap up the show here. Uh, any topics that stand out to you that you want to react to, um, comment on, or close out with as we get into our last ten minutes here? Anything at all, Nick? Ben? Did we mention? Did we mention Alden signing? Yeah, uh, in passing. Okay. Briefly. Yeah, in passing. I, I did it. Yeah, with, I think it's uh, fun to have. I mean, obviously, Alden Harris's YouTube channel and all the fun they have. Yeah. Right now, you've got him, Gannon, Gavin, Silas. Yeah, like, and obviously they're still going to pull in their friends from other yeah. teams, right? Like they, to some extent, they don't care, but I think it's great that that uh, <laughs> kind of hookup is there. And by the way, Matt, like most people listening to this won't care, but I'm going to have fun saying it anyway. If you go look at Discmania's announcement video for Alden Harris, one of the events that flashes up on the screen is the U.S. Junior Championships in 2018. You and I spearheaded and ran that event <laughs> and at the time. That's awesome. I've said this before on this show. When I saw Alden Harris tee off on hole one, Brewster Ridge, 
just the way he threw it, literally, like as a TD, I was like, holy, like what kind of event am I running? Like these are juniors and this guy just, and I know it's not the longest, most complex hole, but the way he threw a gentle turnover all the way down there under the basket was just incredible as a junior. He won that event. Um, I've continued to wait and see when he would kind of pop off. And, you know, he had a pretty good year last year. Um, certainly, you know, not a t true top tier level, but it's cool to see him get that opportunity. Um, and he's obviously doubled down on the media presence. Um, my kids ask me every time we fire up YouTube, hey, does Alvin Harris have a new video? <laughs> and like, they just love it. So that stuff works, by the way. Um, it makes a difference in the end. So congrats to Alden for a new opportunity. Um, I'm sure it'll work out great. Yeah, I think overall, just the excitement for the 2024 season. Um, in my personal life, I've taken a different role in my involvement with disc golf in general. I think getting more into the working aspect of it, but I think that also is going to allow me to enjoy the professional scene a little bit more. I definitely got burnt out last year just from playing while working in it. And now that I'm more specifically just working in it, I'm really excited to see the players like Gannon, the players like um, Eagle, Alden, all these players who have switched companies really get out there into the 2024 season. I think I have a little bit of biasness, but I'm really excited for the all-star event and the chess.com invitational. Uh, both of those are going to hold near and dear to my heart for a long time. And uh, yeah, I think just the general excitement of the 2024 season and then also the world championships being in Lynchburg, Virginia, which was my home for four years out of my life now. Uh, so seeing that go there is going to be a pretty awesome feeling too. Yeah, um, as we get closer to a very big event called the Northeast Disc Golf <gasps> Expo, intern Ooh. Ben, yes, he uh, is running yep. that event, and pre-sales for those tickets have been going for a while, but you can get in at the door. You can't get at the door, yes. There are how many different vendors showing up there, Ben? Putting me on the spot. You, uh, you said there's three left, so I know you have three, a lot of three booths. booths. Yeah, you have so a lot of booths. I had yeah. about 88 booths to fill. 88 booths. Wow. So th that's I guess like that's 10 by 10. 10 by 10. So, so I, that's 88 50, times 10 by 10. 40, 50 vendors around there. Because, like, for example, uh, like Discraft Inva have rented four booths. So that counts as one company. Ooh. And then we have other people that have just gotten, the, gotten one. So the amount of movers and shakers that I've heard that will be at this event is a little bit lofty yes are you already planning for year three yes year three <laughs> i'm planning for year three and i'm excited and uh maybe to uh expand from the northeast and bring it to a different area in the country so what yeah it's it's exclusive it's, 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 kind of but it's exciting you know it you guys you have to show up there's gonna be some incredible dish drops that are happening exclusive stuff um and like like Simon Lazat will be there the, and there's some other pros that I know are going now that I cannot say until the, the companies announce them but NDAs NDAs it's not NDAs it's just like I just don't <laughs> want to take that away from them um yeah so like it's it's just crazy it's it's if you're into disc golf you have to be there pretty much this year is going bananas is blowing out my expectations out of the waters it's gonna be incredible we got the staggered stance live podcast will be there i believe nick is flying up which will be awesome so hopefully we can get all the guys to do that and just going to be a ton of activities seminars panels it's the place for disc golf it's the i think the only off-season disc golf event and the only expo disc golf specific expo ever so it's exciting and the ticket links are in our bio 
Yeah, as we get ready to wrap up, just a quick reminder, visit Disc Golf 978 for all your disc golf needs. But that sounded like an ad. We love Disc Golf 978. We love 978. Use that code when you're checking out with Eagle McMahon's new disc, the... Listen, this is long. Axiom Prism Proton Envy Team <laughs> oh, Series. It's sold yeah. out, Matt. Right? It's already sold out. Yeah, I was going to say, I, th I think it's already sold and out. 978? It's already sold out, 978. You cannot what get it anymore. What have we done? Okay. Sorry, guys. Sorry, so, guys. So I don't know the full use number. The code. We'll, we'll try to get the. Yeah, hopefully you use the We Love 978 because. It's they, done, though. Yeah, that. hopefully you used it because that's <laughs> yeah. going to be $5 for everyone that was done with that code. Plus, going to Uplay. Plus, yeah, go to Uplay thanks to Eagle. That's going to be awesome to like coordinate that transfer of money. And then I was wrong about the uh, the Lost and Found Disc. It's not just one week. It's a full month of sales on the Lost and Found Disc. So hit up the store over the next month. And uh, that's also going as a contribution to Eagle McMahon's charity of choice, which was Uplay in this case. Uh, this was a fantastic show. Uh, we don't usually react to our shows this way, but guys, this is a little different. It felt great. Yeah. Um, this new mojo of multiple hosts bringing different takes and parts, and you either hate someone or you love them. <laughs> and it's okay. And that's the best part. That's if okay. you hate them, their segment's done in like seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> On to the next. So it's on like, well, just yeah. just skip a few and then and then exactly. boom, you're on to the next person. No. Uh, or if fan. not, like I feel like the way we've got all these cards up on the screen, Ben can just swipe someone out and put Doug back in. Or, yeah, you know, that's put, like, funny. That's a moment. Know, that's initially what I did with Evan on accident. Swap us in That, else. my friend. I am going to have to go back. And That'll you know be... how sometimes after the shows, we'll watch things that happen and laugh yeah. our heads off? We're doing that as soon as we close out here. We're going back to where you pulled up Evan and Doug. Yeah, I know. Just to see Evan's face. Back to back. <laughs> yeah. Evan's like, what have you done? <laughs> yeah, like literally the one thing I wasn't supposed to do. Uh... So funny. To be fair... We're doing a fairly significant overhaul. When I say we, I mean me, but it's for the show. Uh, things like the background on our live feed, um, little color changes, you know, and then like you can change us, change us out. Like if you go to three up, yeah, just show them like little yeah. cool things you I can, can do. I can show them real quick. Like Something. live swap people. Yeah, I got hundred bucks. Let's see. Let's back. see where. Oh, oh, oh! I wasn't supposed to do that. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Hey, Evan's on. back. Here, put, oh, put Nick back up. Put us all back up. Yeah, that that was very confusing. Oh, look, now it's backwards. Hello. Okay. Oh, so, sorry, sorry about that. I looked Audio that must must have changed. So, yeah. So Ben can swap out everybody now. This is something I've been working on hard, so that during the live show we are much more nimble, <laughs> where it's like we can go with the flow. But Ben, it wasn't quite fair to you. You learned it two minutes before the show. <laughs> yeah. So. That's yeah, where we'll get Yeah, it's okay. I was I was trying to swap out the gas, but then I yeah, Evan was. Uh, it, it's complicated. Anyways, <laughs> all good. Hey, I got I got something I got something really quick, and this is you know just kind of like for me and what I'm doing down here in Florida is if anyone in our live chat or listening post audio on your favorite podcast platforms because we're on all of them. Look up staggered stance. Uh, if any of you guys are into 3D building rendering. Uh, shoot me a DM on Instagram at discgolfnickcarl. I would love to. I have a pretty awesome project that's going on. So 3D rendering uh, for buildings of a pretty large capacity. So uh, hit me up on Instagram. That'd be incredible. And I'll kind of make a little funny. Earlier when we were starting the show, I went to go on YouTube really quick to look up the live chat. And I accidentally looked up the Nick and Matt show. Yeah. 
and it like took a minute for it to come up. And then once I finally, I was like, oh, wait, we're staggered stance. And I looked it up and, you know, it was the first one on there. So it was pretty great. And I know if you look up Nick and Macho, it will go to yeah. staggered stance. But I was just like, oh, crap. I don't even know my own show's name, I guess. There were people <laughs> uh, guessing the over under how many times we'd mess up. I actually think we've done pretty good. I, tonight, yeah. Ben I almost, almost you caught it. that. <laughs> I caught I was you. Like, mm-hmm. Uh, He's like, no, staggered. I said, the, yeah, the, yeah. So, yeah. You, I also, I, I forgot. It's it's a new year. It's a pretty much a new show, honestly. And so the uh, live intro music, I was like, oh god, I haven't even heard this. Yet. I don't, how much time do I have before <laughs> my face comes up on screen? So I'm like over here trying to like look something up because my keyboard's so far away. And then all of a sudden, Matt's like, welcome to Stagger, and I'm just like, oh hi. <laughs> so yeah, so, a lot of things. things. You're gonna hear that music again here on the outro. Um, so things are shifting. Things are changing. I will give you a tease. Someone called it out in the chat. They're like, Matt knew Eagle was coming on next week. Like he teased it so hard last week at the end without saying it. And it's true. I try to drop you little uh, Easter eggs if you listen to the show fully. But you didn't know where he was going. No, 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 no. Exactly. So, no, I mean, we had him lined up. The big difference. Yeah. yeah. You knew that Eagle had a deal coming. It was the best. I thought he was secret. going to DGA. Oh, true. To yeah. To be fair, like I knew I didn't ask Eagle and I kept that totally professional there and just simply said, can we line you up when the time is right? And that's how that went down. Um, right. Other than that, be on, be on the lookout because we're excited about this. We have been working with two guys, specifically one, but brothers who are app developers. And we put out a call, I don't remember, sometime last year, and we had quite a few respond to us. These two guys uh, lined up, Dave, I'm not going to give away all their names, you don't need to bombard them, but shout out to them because they're working on an app for us. If you appreciated the pop drop lock, yep. Josh, you're new new to this year. Pop lock drop. It's one of those. Pop, pop, pop lock it drop. I think pop lock drop. Yeah. Pop, no, or is it pop and drop, drop and lock? Yeah. Oh my goodness. We we yeah. will have that branded for you. But if you remember, it was above average, under average. Like we would guess players where they would finish that tournament based off of previous average experience or, or finishes. They're making us an app that you will be able to play along with. So when we guess, you log in, you guess, and we'll be able to have leaderboards and everything else. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, so look for that. We we hope to have that ready for the first event of the season. So you can play with us. Um, and then other just simple changes that we're going to keep working on to get this to where it needs to be. We appreciate everybody that listens. Uh, if you enjoy the show, please drop a like, subscribe, find us on podcast and give us a review, especially with the name change. The algorithms really uh, appreciate that, as do we. You guys are valuable. That's why we do this show. Guys, I think we're ready to close it out. And until next week, there's there's other podcasts, by the way, if you're watching live that are just about to start up or just did interviews galore. So get on it, everybody. Until next time, we'll catch you out there next week, everybody. Oh, in two weeks to the Northeast Disc Golf Expo. Two weeks to Northeast Disc Golf. You just have to be there. Okay. Just buy the ticket. It, it's it's okay. simple. You got to cool. be there. Josh will be there. And I love your camouflage shirt, by the way. Thank you. Hooligan Discs. <laughs> it's not camouflage. The you, green screen. You can screen. buy it on com. It's fire. Look All right. Little basket right there. Hit the outro button. Here we go. Peace out, everybody. See you later.